We return this week's stateside as Buena Vista Pictures attempts to continue channeling 1950s campy sci-fi and marketing it as family-friendly fun with a sequel to its Lilliputian adventure with a kaiju-sized toddler. This is Kaiju vs. History. Honey, I blew up the kid. Welcome back to Guide You Versus History. Uh, this is your shrink ray inventing harebrained host, Patrick. And joining me is one big bad baby, Miles. Hey, Miles. No nap. No nap, Patrick. <laughs> yes. Yes, nap. Put the car down, um, Miles. I want to give a Kaiju versus history welcome to the genre to one Rick Moranis, a favorite, <laughs> favorite of mine. And oh, growing I, I up, just, he was in like every movie. I feel like, you know, he was, yeah, he was in every. I mean, like, I mean, just the people that he surrounded himself in because he was part of the Second City crew, wasn't he? No, SCTV, right? I mean, was, I'm sorry, the SCTV crew. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's Canadian. Um, well, so SCTV has some sort of Second City. Uh, that's why I, I there's some sort of connection there. But like, yeah, him and Candy and um, mm-hmm. oh, gosh, Eugene Levy. Uh, short all those guys and gals because Catherine oh, I, I, I'm for some reason I was thinking you were talking about the stupid Chicago uh troop no SCTV stands for second city television <laughs> uh yeah well because I mean I, I think they spread to Chicago right that's where that came from I, I have no idea um you know, I've, I've never I've I've watched a million clips of the show but I don't think I've ever watched it I thought it was uh, Canadian I mean, it's so Canadian as- yeah it is Canadian. As an avid John Candy fan, I I love SCTV. It's it's phenomenal. But uh, my my first, honestly, my first uh, interactions with Rick Moranis was with Ghostbusters, and most notably the original film uh, to this week's movie, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which obviously yeah. we did not watch for <laughs> the podcast. No, but you know that one in the same way is hearkening back to 1950s shrink movies, you know? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, which, but you also still have, like, you know, stuff like, you know, those, them with the giant with the giant ant. Yeah, well, these are kaiju-like films that we, we talked about in the 1950s. There was, there was a couple of <laughs> Lilliputian adventures where people get shrunk down, and then suddenly a cat is kaiju-sized to them, but mm-hmm. didn't, didn't put them on the list because, you know, the kaiju genre that we've really defined is about those the monsters specific yeah monsters and, and boy do you got a monster in this movie <laughs> i mean well i mean here's the thing is like by definition like any toddler's a monster so i mean <laughs> Ooh. uh yeah no our 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 friend well we got a couple friends that have we got, uh, yeah we have several terrible twos <laughs> at this point <laughs> when we're recording this uh no it's always fun to to live vicariously through them like then i go pet my dog and i'm like thank you <laughs> Thank you, Ripley dog, for not being like this. I, um, the only terrible two I have is my what on PS5, and I, I'm so happy with it. 1989, um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came out. And great title. It's a great title. It's a weird title, though, right? How often do you see, you know, titles that are not yeah. one or two well, words? Keep in mind, in the 80s, Disney loved this kind of stuff. The computer wore <laughs> tennis shoes, yeah. batteries not included. You know, there, there were all these like sentence titles that happened. My And you also had like these kind of teen movies, My Best Friend's a uh, Vampire. It does feel like a kid movie, you know, title. And uh, yeah, so I mean, this 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 feels right. And this is around that time. And I mean, I, I remember being a kid and this movie was, a, to me, a mega hit. Like, well, I remember it, this being advertised there, during every cartoon, obviously on the Disney Channel. And I, I like I remember specifically on the TV, just that, Dad, don't eat me. <laughs> yeah. Like a, and finding that like existentially existentially terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, this movie not only did well in your mind, but it did very well. Oh yeah, uh, it, it did. Uh, the the original uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids did very yes. well, and it was up against Batman. 
uh, the nineteen eighty nine Batman. So well, you know what so a I, summer. I, I can speak to this because there were uh-huh. a lot of parents who weren't sure about taking their kids to Batman because it took me several months right. of of complaining well, to get to get yeah, the right to go to no, Batman. <laughs> I think my my parents were wise because I was horrified by the scene where Jack Nicholson oh fries I, the guy with the joy bus. I was I, like five I or six. Specifically, remember that scene because my eyes like smacked my, yeah. by my hands because I, well, as soon as, well, as the, the the electrocution scene happens, I'm just like, it's nope. so funny. I was traumatized by that, and then you know, I w- I started collecting the the movies trading cards, and that is one of the cards is like, <laughs> yeah, I know it is. I it's, had that too. It's so messed up. They're like, you know what? The kids need to see well, and be reminded what's of. So, the what's dead so body. funny is in my room on one end, I had the Tim Burton's or the Michael Keaton Batman poster, but I, my parents also bought me a Joker poster and it was on the other side. And like when you wake up in the night, in the middle of the night, you, you, you need see, you, you the bathroom, Jack and <laughs> that's the one that's in front of the bathroom. Mm. Fun times I, were had I'll, in my, I'll in my imagination. I'll hold it until the no. So so back to the title. Both Honey I Trunk the Kids and Honey I Blew Up the Kid. They're they're so long. And yeah, these days you just don't get those kind of long titles anymore. They're always short. No, sweet. I know. And they I mean, there you get is stuff like everything everywhere all at once. I oh, guess that, that's such a yeah, such a an exception that proves the rule. But um what a mouthful. <laughs> I was trying to <laughs> I, uh, I actually just watched that with my father this last weekend, which was an experience. He's like, this is the weirdest thing you've ever shown me. But, I mean, it's a weird uh, movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, titles these days are a lot shorter. And there, we'll, we'll talk about it. There's a proposed continuation for this film series that was going to just have the single word shrunk as the title. Yeah, I'm which like, I, I guess is still happening. I'm assuming nah, Disney well, wants it. We'll talk about it, but not really. <laughs> I hope <laughs> so, because like shame. this would be the live action debut, re-debut of Rick Moranis from Retirement. Well, that's what they <laughs> promised. Yeah, Rick Rick Moranis is saying the title of both of these movies. So it, it's him <laughs> t- admitting to his <laughs> wife that he is putting his children in grave danger <laughs> in both of the movies. And the second one, th- this Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, though is insane that this is the title because the first <laughs> thing I think of when I think of blew up is like with dynamite. <laughs> well, the thing is like every poster, every teaser poster, I remember seeing the standees was Rick Moranis and a giant tennis shoe about to crush him. Oh yeah. That, that was a, a classic. <laughs> and classic. so it was, and, and again, this, this movie is a throwback to, and and this movie came out live uh, on our list because I, pointed out in the amazing colossal man oh this is exactly this uh, the scene from uh honey i blew up the kid and yeah. i off air forced patrick to add it to the list and <laughs> well, no, we'll see it, it we'll see if I, I made an error or not <laughs> it rightfully should be there because this movie is it's so kaiju film <laughs> loving of the genre and specifically those callbacks to the 1950s we'll, we'll talk about that Oh, yeah, yeah. But, so but I guess before we get further, because I'm having a fun time talking about this movie, what's in a title? Is is anything in the title on this one? I don't know. Kind of. Yeah. Like I said, it is weird that they decided to go with a blue up, but there's not really an a, an opposite word for shrunk or shrink for, for <laughs> does, enlarging does, something. I was ho- I was hoping that uh, Germany would have like, you know, Frankenstein's baby. <laughs> well, it's just like, honey, I enlarged the child sounds doesn't sound right or cut honey i oh yeah it, it, the child in shadows that's like i magnified the baby <laughs> honey i magnified the baby yes it, it, it translates some interesting things in other other languages the the spanish uh, title is that's the best one baby i've blown up the boy <laughs> <laughs> baby blown up the boy that's, uh, that, that nothing will be better than that <laughs> Uh, no, I, I mean, I like the Italian. Honey, my little boy has enlarged. <laughs> that just sounds like me say a lot. That just sounds like it's a, an adult film. I do like the Turkish one. Oops, the child is grown. Oops, <laughs> yeah. Oops, sounds right. Uh, and yeah, th- th- it was under the working title of, of Big Baby, which I think they decided to just go, you know, for the, the marketability of the honey. I, sh- I blanked the kid. There, there were some very fun titles for honey. I shrunk the kids before they changed it to this. It was under the working title of both teeny weenies 
and the big backyard <laughs> as well as grounded which which is a is a fun title as well and it, it would make sense if they were teenagers hmm. and they were shrunk or something like yes th- that would be a better title for that but but no but grounded fact, is the... now a, a place our xbox game well, yeah, I was about to say Grounded is now a game that is pretty much like, what if we just made a Honey, I Trunk the Kids game? It's about teens, preteens getting like shrunk down and having to survive in a, a backyard, which I've played it. It's genius. It's so much fun. It's it's, you know, kind of like a Minecraft thing where you can really get sucked in. Mm. But yeah, Honey, Honey, I blew up the the kid. They changed it. They, they were going to go with Honey, I blew up the baby, but I don't know why. I guess just to keep it more in line with the the previous title, they they changed it to kid. But um, yeah, there, there's a, there's a little bit. I mean, but he's not a, he's he's not a baby at this point. He's a toddler. So I mean, well, yeah, kid, I, kids kid kid is fine. Yeah, yeah, no, both are fine. Yeah, but the the first movie four teens and preteens get shrunk down from the shrink ray of Wayne uh, Zelensky and. Uh, I mean, it's a, about a day adventure, like a full 24 hour adventure before they get re-enlarged. And in the beginning of this movie, we find out he has basically sold his tech or the the, the ideas of his tech to a, a company. And mm-hmm. because of that, he had to move his family out. I think they were in Chicago in the first one. I forget where. where Sounds about right. Uh, move out to a research lab in the Nevada desert. And they have like a big underground, um, <laughs> you know, probably rightfully so. It seems like a very dangerous device. But Sterling labs, I think. Yeah. But once again, somehow, even though it's in a secured, guarded <laughs> location, Wayne Zelensky finds a way to get his children into harm's way taking both his teenage son and his two-year-old son into the lab itself it's like it really seems like you could have left them in like a well i mean so a a room somewhere also i mean rick moranis has always played at this point kind of goofy guys i mean even from ghostbusters little shop of horrors he's always played like even though he's a brilliant inventor he's still kind of a goof i mean a bit of a schlemiel if you will i mean honestly if if there was a live action Goofy movie at this time, <laughs> Rick Moranis would be perfect for Goofy in, in that respect. But I, I have two comments a bit about, about, the, uh, about the beginning of this film. One is I miss animated title sequences like this. Oh, no. I, I <laughs> The title sequence was like three minutes long. It was so oh, long. It, it, it's way too long. I, I I give you. But I but I, at the same time, I was like, this is. This is cute. They, they just kept doing like but, the same joke over and over. There, there's an anime title sequence in the first no, no. Movie if as it was well, like but, 90 seconds, I would have been fine. But I do, I do twice that length. I do think it was cute. I have a question to pose to you, Patrick. Yeah. Um, how come Hollywood always makes inventors' houses have the dumbest looking gadgets of all time? Oh yeah, no, we've 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 like, gone full Pee Wee Herman, uh, but, kind of. But like uh, this, this is the Rube same. I mean, this is true. Of, this is true in Gremlins, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and yeah. and like we know these guys are brilliant, but how come their houses look stupid? Well, like, they always try to invent some way to improve their toaster. I don't know why, but like <laughs> no inventor can look at a toaster and be like, "Ah, that's fine." They have to like change it in in some also, way, shape, or form. Don't don't let the dog have autonomy on when he has treats because that things can get pushed all the time. <laughs> I feel like a good alternate uh, version of this film would have been that that cute dog getting <laughs> turned into a kaiju. <laughs> but oh, um, I, I agree. Uh, that dog is very cute. But yeah, it, it's it's something that always annoys me. I mean, like, I love this movie. I love the last. I love gremlins. Mm-hmm. Um, but anytime there's an inventor or a family that has like a brilliant scientist somewhere, like a son or whatever, all the gadgets look dumb. And I understand that some of these are supposed to be kind of like homemade in a sense. But I mean, it does look like compared to the first movie, the, the, this new house that they have is a little bit of a downgrade in that. Uh, it also it looks like a child designed these things. Yeah. He has that shaves himself. And I'm like, this maybe is... the teenage son, you know, is following his father's footsteps. Cause we saw, well, I mean, that that's... we saw that in the first movie. He was like, again, like his dad, but a goofy movie 
with the two of them here because there's there's a whole thing about how he's not wanting to be like his dad and that's his nightmare same with max from from a goofy movie you know i really appreciate that from the first movie because he seemed to be like you know hero worshiping his father in the first movie and then as a teen we see him kind of rebelling a bit in this one even though they're exactly the same which is <laughs> they are. dad were you popular in high school oh yeah i was i was president of the the science club <laughs> yeah that's some good lines rick moranis actually improvs uh, a lot of this film and um, you can kind of tell when he's interacting with the the twins that play the uh, is it adam Yes. Um, and the, the, the kaiju in question in this film, yes. because they're Speaking just like of, talking to him and Wayne Zielinski kind of falls away and you just see Rick Moranis, you know, talking with a child actor and, and trying to get him to um, to give him something to work with, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. Speaking of this, this movie lives and dies on its subject matter. And they picked the right baby. This kid is <laughs> adorable and well, it doesn't look like a lot of the rest of the family, which is funny, but um, he is great for. No, he, for the he is. He is charming. He is an adorable baby. You were always <laughs> kind of on his side in they, the situation. Well, they dress him so perfectly as well with like the 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 red overalls. Kind of looks like a little Chucky doll <laughs> running around. Well, yeah, especially when you too. have like the adult one, and you know it's some dude in a wig, and you're like, this. this if, if I see the other side of this, it's nightmare territory. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a weird part of the movie. But uh, yeah, Daniel and Joshua Shalikar play play Adam Zelensky and. I think yeah, in the early nineties they loved using twins for this stuff. Well, it because there's I mean finally at this point there's like regulations for child actors. <laughs> they they can't be filming, you know, eight hour days. Right. So, so if you have two of them, I can oh, this, two one, of this them. one can work for four hours. This one can take a nappy nap. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> you just divide the twins so the children do not interact with one another. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, and uh, all the the main Zelensky family come back for this film, in, including the daughter, even though she's only in like one scene. Yeah, she goes off to college. But I was surprised because I didn't remember this at all. This is like the first film that Carrie Russell uh, was in, who plays the the baby. I, I love seeing this stuff because you can always tell. Oh no, she's got something. There's a reason that she became kind of a star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's so funny because I, I, like I said, I just didn't remember like her. I, no, when I saw too much. when I saw her name, I was like, "She's in this." Yeah, and, and, and Krista was like, fun. "Yeah, she's she's the babysitter and the and the guy that the brother likes." And I was like, "I do not remember <laughs> this at all." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, oh boy! And I think so, this was her very first movie. Y- yes, I believe so. Maybe, maybe some TV stuff. Before so yeah, that. let's let's talk about Mandy because the the stuff that that is done with the teens themselves, and this mm-hmm. is this is a problem for me they feel like they were written by someone who has only heard of the concept of teenagers one time. <laughs> yeah. They um, like to play guitar. <laughs> and not only that, but like his, solu- his initial solution when Mandy sees the giant baby is to tie her up and gag her. Oh yeah. Cause she would scream and obviously, and so. then it says don't scream. And then when she screams, that whole becomes a whole thing. The whole thing is not a good look on the Zelensky family in general. What's his name? Nick. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I just, I love that. They, they use this, the same actors. Cause uh, he, he was a lot of fun. I mean, all the kids were in the first movie, but oh, yeah, him back for this one was, was a lot of fun as well. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, unfortunately, like this is like it for him. I mean, I think he pops up yeah. in um, Edward Scissorhands before this. But like, I mean, after the 90s, he did not after the, after the early 90s, he did not act anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, um, the, the first movie, Honey, I'm Trying the Kids, was a massive hit for for mm-hmm. Vista for for Disney, I guess. 18 million budget and reportedly made it for 130 million. Oh, so huge hit. Yeah. And like I said, it opened only at number two because it was behind Tim Burton's Batman. And yeah, I don't know if I saw this in theaters when it came out, but definitely. Oh, I, I 100% did. I definitely saw the first movie in theaters and was like, this was great. This was so much fun. But I, I, I do I remember s- seeing it in the 90s. So I saw this one and the third one I think was direct to video. So I, I, I rented it. I didn't um, know it existed. <laughs> 
films until uh, we started there, doing this. Uh, Honey, We Shrink Ourselves is actually a super, super fun little movie. Um, uh, I'll have to get to it eventually. But um, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid came out July 17th, 1992. It had almost double the budget of the first film and made... And half of the success. <laughs> Not about a half. Yeah, a little bit more than, than I mean, half. Full, full so the it was time, a modest it's still, it's still a hit. Yeah. Modest hit. Not enough to make a third movie for theaters. Like I said, went, the third one went direct to uh, VHS. But uh, it this still came had out, a little bit of a budget from what I remember. But um, this movie came out only a month after Batman Returns. Like, how how do they keep hitting these Batman <laughs> movies, you know? Um, I hope the third one came out around the time that that Batman Forever came out. Supposedly, there was a lawsuit for the film because uh, the director and I guess writer Paul Alter of of Mark Goodson Productions had a screenplay. He was shopping around Hollywood called Now That's a Baby, which indeed was about a uh, (laughs) a giant toddler who, uh, you know, grows to kaiju sizes. And yeah, that the, the treatment, I guess, had gone around. But while I think they settled out of court for for a certain amount, or I'm not sure if it if it no, no, it looked like it went to trial in 1993. So, yeah, the, the movie lost about 300,000 in damages to this other production. But I, I, I mean, it's such a kind of a generic idea. And the way they did it. Yeah. Also, is like I said, there, there, there must have been about... something else in that script that was similar because I mean, for that, for the, for the court to rule in yeah. Alter's favor, there, there must have been something there. But you know, there, the, the seed of this movie happens at the end of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids because the last scene is the, all the, the, the two families around Thanksgiving dinner and they show a giant sized. Turkey, turkey. Yeah, you know, this this isn't a genetically modified turkey. This is one that they use the shrink ray on in reverse to make big. Which, like, that is much more profitable version of this technology mm-hmm. uh, than making your couches teeny so they move easier. That you know, it's fully explored in this movie. It felt like a post credit sequence, but it, I, it happened before the credit. I don't know, man. I think it would make moving. Like a dream. <laughs> well, I mean, both are true because you can grow in an orchard of apples and shrink them down and then, you know, bring them somewhere and, and, uh, and supersize them, not just bring them the normal size, but, you know, uh, you know, an apple will feed a family for like a month if you, uh, so treat it right. So, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about our, our kaiju here <laughs> because, yeah, uh, so Zelensky is, is on this project. He is they're having trouble replicating the technology. And yeah. so he he has this moment of of inspiration and brings his kids to the lab just to test it out. Yeah. Well, well, why? Why why take them in? It doesn't make any sense. It's not a, a rational thing. Well, a well so do. I, I guess because the plot has to happen. The plot. Yeah. Well, the plot has to happen because I, I'm assuming Nick is too young to babysit, even though he's left to babysit the child. <laughs> <laughs> At some point in this movie, anyway. Well, no, because the babysitter does show up. Um, well, no, he, they call the babysitter after the baby starts right, growing. No, and he has- yeah, because the babysitter was supposed to babysit while Nick and his dad went to the movies. Oh, right, right, right. I think I think you are remembering it more correctly than I. Yeah, no, she just shows up. Is like, where's the baby? Yeah, because he works at uh, uh, at Wet and Wild and has a crush on this girl at school, which is Carrie Russell's character, and. It turns out that the babysitter that, that his dad calls is his crush, uh, <laughs> who he then promptly ties up like an insane person. <laughs> you keep mentioning that. But yeah, you no, know, because the, because the thing is, she forgets that entirely. And <laughs> I don't know if it's Stockholm syndrome or what, but like begins to like think Nick is cool. And I'm I'm like, this is this is messed up. Yeah, no, the, the movie ends with them shrunken together in the. the yeah, and him bar. like giving his dad the, the look in the desert. Oh, I, I can't find them. And I'm like, this is this is weird. Like, I get what they're trying to do, but it's the vibes weird. <laughs> uh, but but, the- but to focus on our kaiju. Yes. Yeah, he takes the kids to the lab. He he erroneously chooses to use Big Bunny, which yeah. is Adam's favorite stuffed animal, puts him in the center of the lab. Of course, Adam, who, who we, we are told has a proclivity <laughs> of escapism, who can always get out of playpens and whatever, just pops out, climbs of his, out and goes yeah, and grabs pops out bunny. of his stroller, 
Just use is anything to... else, Dad. Use like a pen or something. There's tons of stuff in this room. Why do you gotta a hit a bunny? Hundo, a hundo. Because <laughs> it's just like a series of bad decisions. Which I mean, again, this is supposed to be a comedy of errors. That that I mean, Zelensky is a brilliant scientist, but also a big dum dum, and that's what helps the comedy happen. Yeah, the first uh, so thing, though, it's just an accident that that causes them to shrink, you know. And I mean, yeah, honestly, it, he could have put a lock on that uh, studio door. <laughs> the uh, well, the, the thing the is, like, yeah, door. there's a lot of kids' movies that end with that start with like, oh, dad's a brilliant whatever, or mom's a brilliant whatever, and they have this thing, and then, oops, movie happens. <laughs> um, I got flubber Aven- on me. <laughs> Adventures in Dinosaur City happens the exact same way, right? Um, but yeah. For whatever reason, he uses he uses Big Bunny and Adam goes to get Big Bunny and gets zapped with the ray. Yeah. And he is a kaiju. And then gets fired. <laughs> yeah. He is a kaiju because he does have like a, a special kind of quality to him in that whenever he gets hit with after effects electricity, blue blue electricity on the screen, it causes him to grow. to grow. So and that, he has a name. <laughs> yeah he's got a name and he has a lot of endearing qualities but also like you said kind of proclivities like playing with his brother's guitar and like you said getting out of playpens and I will say this everything that they set up honestly yes. works for me with Adam like yeah especially once he goes kaiju sized and is quote unquote rampaging down uh, <laughs> Vegas yeah. I mean Fremont Street, Dude, mostly. Like, like car, and it's like, don't put it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Bo- Nick in both movie is like, don't eat me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like his younger brother in this one, which is a, which is a great callback. Yeah, um, and that, that's the, I mean, the Indian toy that ends up in the car. <laughs> there is a a lot of kaiju in this movie. I don't remember there being this much, but it's like forty minutes I, of the movie I where remember he's it like being like ten minutes, but like he's he's. In this movie, kaiju size for a while. Yeah, like at maybe 15 to 20 feet and above is 40 minutes of the movie. I I was surprised how kind of fast they got there. But a lot of it is like him growing up to that size where, like you said, there's the the actor Alex Daniels uh, (laughs) playing Uncle Yanush, (laughs) what uh, (laughs) what Zelensky says, which is like an eight foot tall. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, He he wore a a giant head that they had kind of like a veil on (laughs) and it did look kind of creepy, but yeah, uh, after that, once they, they move past that and Adam grows once more when he's at home, they switch to camera tricks and miniature sets, um, which I was super excited about when when Adam knocks the bedroom door off and like, oh, <laughs> that was a full miniature set with with tiny furniture that they had the, the the two brothers, you know, working on. And the adult actors were they use force perspective the same way that they did. They made the hobbits like mm-hmm. act in the scenes with Gandalf and stuff. So. The giant sized Adam and, and the furniture was only like four feet away from the camera and the adult actors were further away and it works. All that the stuff they oh, did it's, in camera looks great. It's excellent. I mean, I mean, there's also some like, you know, backstring stuff, but like everything really works in this movie. And again, they have a great, great kid like this yeah. kid's reactions. One, he's also so adorable. This kid is mm-hmm. so cute, but his reactions with stuff like the innocence he is able to maintain as a kaiju makes him it, it makes you like you're not really thinking about the destruction he's causing because like, you're also yeah. like you well, know like just, you're still like on a, his side he's an innocent into a, creature. Uh, a very fun roller coaster you know well, kind of towards the end and it also <laughs> makes a great statement about kaiju films because it's a lot of times like oh well, when, when it's a baby you're like oh that's an innocent creature there and it's like well a lot of times that's the same. It's an innocent uh, creature there. Like when we're talking about even modern monster movies, when that when uh Cloverfield happened, Matt Reeves was like, Yeah, it's a baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Cloverfield is essentially honey, <laughs> I blew up the kid. Spiritual sequel to yeah, no, that they, they, they do a lot of great stuff when he's in full kaiju mode. And some of it, it's like he's not even on screen. They just show some of his destruction. But uh, the the main reason it came up in our podcast when we're talking about Amazing Colossal Man is they do so little in that film when they get to Vegas. But in this one, they have that full 
hard rock cafe guitar prop oh, that it's so uh, great. he's playing with. And it's like, that is such a great, you know, setup and callback to earlier in the and, film. And then he gets shocked by Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, the, I forget the villain in this. this yeah, so so, jo- so John silly. John Shay, which I think he went by John Shay the third. He he had done it a lot of like stuff. Sounds like a villain, but uh, he was Lex Luthor in Lois and Clark, the, the oh. new Avengers of Superman. <laughs> I didn't know that. the The director of this film, Randall Kleisler, going back to to talking about Adam. And I think also Rick Moranis said this in, in a few interviews. Uh, Daniel and Joshua Shalikar, one was very inquisitive and very kind of outgoing, and the other was more afraid, you know, maybe not like comfortable on like the, the sets and under the lights. So they use that because there's so many scenes where sometimes Adam is, you know, super playful and outgoing. And sometimes he realizes like he's doing something kind of bad, you know, he's actually acting mm-hmm. like, like a baby. And, and that's where you get a very fun climax of the movie where the, the mother gets embiggened <laughs> and uh, it, it's the perfect Danny Ma for this film, though. Yeah, yeah. And also, Lloyd Bridges is in the movie at the end for some reason. He kind of comes out <laughs> of left field. I, I, I definitely didn't remember him being in, in the movie. But they, they I talk forgot about, he was in this movie, too. Well, they talk also, about his character early on, but I feel like we missed... Uh, they, they cut out a scene where they introduce him because he just shows up and fires the bad well, guy and is so he, he, helping yeah, he's, he is he is sterling he's the guy that owns the lab that everyone's wanting to, to push yes. out and he is i mean he's he's fantastic and i mean has always been fantastic and has bred fantastic kids <laughs> uh one I, thing, I also i forgot that the director had such a storied career like oh yeah, R- randall kleiser did big top peewee which he um, did grease not my Oh, he, he directed Greece. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was his and then, the, and then also God, like, the controversial, the Blue Lagoon. <laughs> oh, and Flight of the Navigator. That's yeah, a, which is a, is a great movie. Sci-fi um, film. Um, this this would be the last, I think, great movie he does. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what well, one one thing I want to point out, I only realized in doing our research for this film was another actor cast in a a fairly small role, but you realize why it's it has enough lines as it does. Because in my IMD, IMDb research, the security guard at the lab is played by none other than Kenneth Toby, who yes. was the star of It Came From Beneath the Sea, The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. He was in uh, The Thing from Another World. So kaiju, American kaiju royalty, monster uh, sci-fi, 50s royalty. And he, he gets a, a few lines in with Rick Moranis. And it's like, why is, why do they keep showing this <laughs> security guard? Because it's this movie has a lot of love for the 1950s in, in America. Yeah, I know. As soon as I saw him, I was like, wait a minute. I know that guy. <laughs> like, um, I, like I said, and he, well, he pops up in other things. I mean, I think I remember him because he has a brief appearance in Gremlins 2, and I'm right. a big Gremlins 2 fan. But he popped up in a lot of things at that time because I like both when Chris and I were watching this, I remember seeing his face. I'm like, he's been in so many things. And and we thought he'd been in other things that he hadn't been in because people would hire very similar looking guys. But I was like, yeah, I've, I've seen that guy in, in several things. <laughs> do, do you have a, a favorite scene in the film, Miles, or, or something that, that sticks with you? I, I watched this like a couple weeks ago, so it's not super you know fresh what? in my mind. But I, I, I there, there is a sight gag that I really love in this movie. Mm-hmm. When Adam is rampaging towards Vegas, he comes across a an intersection that has lights and he waits until the light turns green to continue. <laughs> and I thought fun. that is that is a hundred percent some kid like getting like, oh mommy always does this or mommy's always said this, and like waiting for the light <laughs> to turn green and then continuing on. I thought that was such a phenomenal, like small touch. Any any scene with Adam is great. The the kid's adorable, his all of his interactions are really funny. Yeah, uh, the rampage in Vegas is great. Obviously, there are st- there are, there were scenes that were ripped right out of the Amazing Colossal Man, which is the reason that I I initially said, "Oh, we gotta do this," and not realizing there was as much kaiju stuff. I took yeah. a a note that there's a Godzilla shout out, and I have absolutely forgotten what it was. I should have been more specific. Yeah, there's there's a ton of references in this movie, and it's very fun to go back and and watch through because of that. 
Oh, no, it's when the Japanese tourists are saying, uh, oh, right. oh, it's Godzilla. No, it's not Godzilla. It's Big Baby. It's a big baby. So many references to Amazing Colossal Man. There's some Attack of the 50 Foot Woman, but it's mostly Amazing Colossal Man references. Man, what a movie to reference because the movie's awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what uh, what we scored it as, but I, I know like mine I said, wasn't we, high. <laughs> we 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 brought this movie up because of oh yeah a four <laughs> amazing colossal man a four out of ten it, it's so funny this movie I, I can guarantee you is going to get a higher score than than that one. Oh yes yes it i is. will say well, what about you what's your favorite scene oh boy it, it's hard i really do enjoy the even before he becomes a kaiju when, when the baby is just rampaging through the house and the, <laughs> oh when they're, I, when they're really, chasing around the house when it's just the teens and the baby i think they really should have as as great as rick moranis is and his his wife who returns uh played by uh, marcia strassman those were very fun ancillary characters in the first movie i wish there was uh more teens having to deal with this big baby because that that part really uh shined for me him breaking off the the door and going uh oh <laughs> and uh and, <laughs> and then, then having... he goes i'll fix it and then hands yeah. it to him <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so good yeah it, it it's funny because it is so hard to i think live up to the the first film and in a lot of ways this movie doesn't for people but i think as for what they're trying to do in the movies that they're trying to both honor and lampoon. And in some ways, both movies are great. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I think the thing was that I think that the audience was too separated from the movies that they were kind of responding to at the time. Yeah. yeah, Whereas honey, I shrunk the kids kind of works and 40 years difference or something. Honey, I blew up the, uh, the kid is a very specific movie. Like, I mean, this was made like specifically about monster movies from the 50s. And unless you like them or have been doing a whole podcast based on them. (laughs) I mean, I didn't pick up on that when I was a kid. Like I picked up on like, oh, they said Godzilla. I know. I know what that is (laughs) when I was uh, like seven or eight years old. Yeah, but I resonated as a child more with the first movie. And then I saw this one probably on, you know, from Blockbuster or something like that. I I, I Uh, saw this bad boy in theaters. I don't think I did. But uh, seeing it, I was just like, okay, that was fun. It just wasn't as fun as the first movie, which, you know, had them eating the giant Oreo cookie and befriending. Right. But as an adult, especially I think watching it separate from the first one. This movie as a kaiju film just works, especially as a kaiju like homage slash parody. I think this is I mean, this is almost like a kaiju airplane in a sense. Well, surprisingly, it didn't do as well in theaters and it didn't do too well retrospectively for a lot of folks. Has a five out of 10 on IMDb right now and a 22 percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which seems that is nonsense. That really is nonsense. Wicked. I don't understand. Oh, it, it's, man. It's a little bit better on Letterboxd, 2.5 stars. But yeah, uh, Roger Ebert gave it one and a half stars. Didn't like this as much as the first, which I think got two stars. But Raj, come on. I, I was surprised. Um, <laughs> the, the, the the user review from IMDb that stuck with me was the title was uh, I wish they had blown up the negatives to the film. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a little, a little too much, but yeah, some people don't like the the baby. And if you don't like the baby, you're not going to like the film, but that's insane. <laughs> the baby is great. Baby's very cute. And like I said, just super cute. Uh, you mentioned that this got a third film in the series. Yeah. Of the VHS um, release. A, a surprisingly great threat to video movie. <laughs> and they promised they like advertised that they were bringing back Rick Moranis yep. into films from like a 20 year uh, hiatus into the Disney fold with the film shrunk. Or the TV series trunk. I, f- I forget what they were going to do with it. But Josh Gad was on board to, I don't know if he was show running, but he was going to write and p- potentially act in, in the film. You know, the, um, the, the guy that does Olaf and frozen, he's super popular right now. Cause he's like on Broadway and he's doing movies, but just recently, I think may of, of this year, he came out and was like, yeah, it's, you know, right to Disney. If you want to see shrunk, if you want to see Rick Branagh's, cause unless they, you know, uh, yeah, it was wave a- the magic wand, it's not going to happen. 
Yeah, because I think COVID kind of interrupted it because they were supposed yeah. to start filming, and then now they got a writer strike. He actress. said that. Well, yeah, but like as of I think junior last year, like uh, he said that like they're collaborating, but we'll see. I, I um, think Josh Gad is angling to play uh, Nick in the movie, so play Rick Moranis. I, I, I would be down with that. Honestly, yeah. I think that would be great for him. And I just I want to see Rick Moranis on screen. I love. Can you imagine Rick if Gary Mar- Russell came back? <laughs> she all oh, fresh out of cocaine berry. Yeah, <laughs> be hilarious. I, um, making a crossover. <laughs> yeah, I really want that series to happen. I'm worried it's not going to happen now, but I want Rick Moranis back. I mean, they had Please. three seasons of the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids show. I had never heard of that before. I, I Oh, I saw it on Disney Channel. <laughs> forgot all about that. Uh, I do remember the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids parts of like MGM Studios, maybe when I was a kid. Yeah, like, Honey, I Shrunk like, the Audience. Yeah. Um, well, no, there was also like an outdoor area where they had like huge grass blades and like other. Yeah. Uh, they, they, so it made you feel like you had shrunk. So I remember that because, I mean, I, I haven't been in over 20 years. I haven't been since I was a kid. But I also remember like, I don't know if it's a special effect thing where you would go in and you could see like somebody get on top of the giant bee mm-hmm. and they'd have giant fans blowing and stuff. Yeah. And they also had an Epcot like. 4D or whatever, whatever the crap they called it, where like you were inside of someone's body, oh, but it was a, a honey I shrunk type of situation. Um, the, um, the thing I was thinking of was at Hollywood Studios. It was Honey I Shrunk the Kids movie set adventure, which was like yes, an outdoor yeah, yeah. exploration kind of thing. It was it was so much fun. There's there's huge ants, there's big blades of grass, all kinds of fun <laughs> things there. So Patrick, I got I got I got to know what is your personal enjoyment rating for this film? It's pretty low to be honest, and I'm probably oh. made the mistake of watching Honey, I Shrunk the Kids first. <laughs> I tried to watch the third movie, I couldn't get to the third movie, but watching oh, them so back fun. to back, I think conceptually and even down to the execution, they nailed so many things right with this movie. It is super breezy. I will say that. Mm-hmm. It is a fast watch. It's 89 minutes. I've- I miss hour and a half films so much. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my epics, but like, oh, I, I miss 90 minute films. <laughs> it's 89 minutes. Three minutes of that is the animated title sequence, which I skipped about halfway through. I was like, I can't watch. Yeah, this fair enough. Thing. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, it flies by. But there's still some pacing issues with the film. Um, th- th- there is. And obviously there's the weird stuff with the teenagers. Yeah, that... it's, a, it's a fun script. But yeah, there's parts of it that are just like, why is Lloyd Bridges here? <laughs> what is like? Hey, why it, not? It's a new, I mean, kind of a new character introduced at the 60 minute mark of the movie. <laughs> he's so late in the, he's like, okay, he's now helping them, I guess. <laughs> I'm giving it a, I'm actually going to raise it up to a seven out of 10. I had it as a six. I, I think that's about where I, I sit with it. And, but yeah, to be honest, if I was going to go back and watch one of these two movies, I'd probably watch the first one. There's just a lot of other fun business. Yeah, I should, I should have put a more uh, moratorium on watching the first one first. No, you, you uh, gotta go back and watch the first one. It's oh, so the first good. one's a great, great movie. I love what, it. What, what uh, about I love this your, franchise. What about your personal enjoyment? Mike? I had an absolute blast with this movie. I think it does a great job as a send off to American science fiction films and, and American giant creature films. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of kaiju references. I think the kid is so freaking adorable and charismatic. I think that despite the fact that the script does not know how to write teenagers, all the teenage cast is great. Rick Moranis is wonderful as always and i mean this movie's a fun watch like barring the way too long opening title sequence <laughs> this movie i mean it it clips along pretty quickly like you said it's 89 minutes and yeah there are a couple weird scenes where it's like what's happening here but none of it none of it drags for me i i'm tempted to give it higher but i'm gonna stick with what i originally had as an eight out of ten i think this movie yeah. is an absolute blast yeah, it's it's not it's not bad. I actually remembered it being bad, which is why I was like, oh, we got to go back and watch this movie. But it's fun. It's I I've it's, always enjoyed this. I mean, I, I, I didn't realize that I was a, as big a fan of the franchise as I was until we came back to this because I was like, I, 
every single time you said something about the franchise, I'm, no, this this is great, and this <laughs> one's great, and the show is fun, and I forgot that I love this this thing. <laughs> <laughs> For the technicals, I am giving it more marks because I think this is where it gets a lot of its its points. Mm-hmm. It I remember it not looking great when I was a kid. And I actually think it really holds up because of some of the, the, the very many practical effects, the camera tricks that they did. And it's much better technically sound than the first movie. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids does not hold up when you go back and look at it. The, nope. you know, it, it looks, you know, like they really stretched their budget thin, whereas this one, it looks like they use it. You know, they had more budget. It was a smart use of their budget because there's even scenes like as a, a modern viewer, you're like, OK, that's, that's an adult in a costume, but they, <laughs> they're smart about it. Yeah. Uh, the, the predecessor, I think the script maybe worked a little bit better. There's a little bit more cohesion, a little more fun. But this is a very worthy sequel uh, story wise. Mm-hmm. And yeah, stands up a lot better than I remember. I it does, I think, in retrospect, raise my opinion of the movies that I've seen, at least uh, going back and watching it for this podcast and seeing now the movies that it's based on. So, yeah, not as shabby as I recall, giving this one an eight out of 10 for the the technical aspects. Uh, Miles, what about you? I am right there with you. This one gets an eight out of 10 for me. I, I ding at some points for its script and its unwillingness to write teenagers in any capacity and the weird stuff where Nick's tying up Carrie Russell, but everything else, I mean, as a, a kaiju homage, as something that's playing, using camera tricks to its advantage, using every little trick in the book it can to both save budget and look mm-hmm. good. And all the actors are are fun. You have some really silly of the moment time comedy, like physical comedy, like, oh, honey, I blew up the kid. The mom faints like that is such a <laughs> thing from the late 80s, early 90s that that would never happen in a movie now. But everyone loved to faint in comedies back in the day. Just um, imagine the mom like coming back from uh, taking her daughter to college and then shows up to that happening in the house. It's like, come on, really, Wayne? <laughs> right. Come on. Um, How does also, this happen? Rick Moranis being great. Like he he is doing bold, silly stuff. That a lot of actors of his ilk, especially the success that he's had, wouldn't put them in, would put, wouldn't put themselves in at the time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Rick Maris, Maris was always one of those guys that just like went out and did did the dang thing. And I have so much respect for him for that. Yeah, this I mean, outside the script, this movie just soars in terms yeah. of his technicality. Yeah. Production designer Leslie Dilly is, you know, the one that made all these amazing furniture miniatures, um, did the also, camera tricks. Did, did you a lot have of to give them stuff. credit. You have to give them credit for stuff like when he takes out the, the guitar from the uh, Hard Rock Cafe. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, he just grabs the guitar. Like they show the cable, like the all the yeah. like cables like tying it down, being ripped out. Like, they there's do a good great, job of like grounding it. Yeah, there's some great destruction on Fremont Street when <laughs> Adam's playing with the car up on the 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 lights and the glass. It's it's pretty cool. There's some <laughs> some fun stuff that they do manage to get. To sneak when in they here. the fact that he took the the popsicle from the ice cream truck and took a bite out of it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that it's such a small joke, uh, but like I said, that's part of the like just showing his destruction. You don't even need to show the baby; <laughs> just show <laughs> what he's done, and it it works great. What about? Oh, I'm sorry. What your your score was? What eight eight out of ten? An, another eight. Another eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that what about the evocative nature of this? Where is it film? lie in the, the kaiju realm as a piece of art. So this one's tougher for me because this movie does get completely overlooked. I mean, this did not set the the world on fire. Like yeah. you said, it was a modest hit. A lot of people missed the kind of homage that it was making. Um, so in that respect, you have to ding it pretty thoroughly. But in, in terms of it being evocative as a piece of kaiju art, this movie hits all the marks. Mm-hmm. So it's tough for me because as a as a piece of 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 popular culture and cultural uh, impact, it's minimal. But when you look at what it's doing and what it's responding to in the genre, you can't help but saying this this movie's a success. So while I'm dinging it pretty thoroughly in in my estimate, I'm giving it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm I'm very close with you there. I'm giving it a six out of ten. It is so 
respectful, so cognizant of those 1950s B movies that are terrible (laughs) in retrospect. But they, they, you know, just like the first movie, it really takes a lot of those ideas, stirs them in the pot. And while not as inventive as the first movie is very fun. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's like, hey, remember those movies from the 50s? What were they? What if they were good? Like that, that that's the promise I'm getting. Like, yeah, I saw the amazing Colossal Man hated it. This movie, love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it is one that, like I said, I was very surprised that it, it held up as well as it did, and probably even better than the first movie. It, it probably, if you're going through and doing a, you know, very specifically a 90s kaiju watch, you're going to have Godzilla on there. You're going to have Gamera on there. I do think you should probably think about throwing this in just yeah, I, for, you know, variety's sake, if anything. Yeah. Where, where, where is my Godzilla versus Atom film? There are just, I mean, at this point <laughs> in, I wish <laughs> he's like chewing on uh, some power cables, like God, uh, see, King Kong to get Godzilla get murder a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he he would just grow large enough that Godzilla is like a little oh, that's dog. True, he would just play with Godzilla like a toy. Yeah, no, it, they're just at this point in time so few kaiju comedies that are not one star, not terrible. No, so not it is zero stars. <laughs> it is worth you know, like I said, throwing this on to kind of break up a lot of the serious, crazy films uh, in the 90s. Well, especially if you're of a certain age, I think throwing this on might be like, hey, remember this movie that came out? Ha ha ha. And being like, oh, this is pretty fun, which is like my my, my, my reaction to it. I was like, I was kind of like, I remember seeing this as a kid. I remember like not hating it, but not loving it. But yeah, yeah this this is this movie's a blast. Yeah. So that is going to bring your score to 7.6 and 8. Mine to a seven. Um, the podcast final for Honey, I blew up the kid, is a, a seven out of ten, which is pr- I'm okay with again, that. Pretty much where I expected it to to fall. Still, I would I would have been upset if it was any lower. Still, I, our our lowest of the 1990s. Is like I, I actually because so when you initially told me that you, when you saw this movie, oh, I had a great time. I thought I thought it might be an eight <laughs> but... across the board. <laughs> yeah. That'd be that'd be something, man. Can you can you imagine? No, no. It, it yes, is, I can't imagine. I was expecting it. <laughs> it is very good. I, I wouldn't say it crosses over into to the the entire film into great territory, but it's very very fun. And I recommend people watch it. Uh, I really appreciate. I also like the the Adam art that we made for this episode. It's um it's some of my favorite. It's, it's got him <laughs> with the guitar holding the guitar, um, as God intended. I enjoyed watching that. Uh, Miles, where <laughs> that's going to do it for us. Uh, like I said, how you blew up the kids? Seven out of ten. Where can folks find us if they want to uh, reminisce? Uh, yeah, <laughs> about nineties Disney films. You can email us at kaiju versus history at gmail dot com. You can uh, tweet to us at kaiju versus history. Go to our website kaiju versus history dot com, and I think we're flying the blue skies now. At oh, yeah, kaiju we're, versus we're history. on like all the <laughs> socials, but not very much. <laughs> rate review our show comment share with friends let us know what you think check out our letterbox account kaiju versus history to see all our reviews and watch uh or check out our list of watched films and what we're going to do next patrick speaking of what we're going to do next what is on the docket for next week okay thank you miles thank you listeners and indeed we are going to catch you guys all next time when we are taking the the first flight back to Tokyo back to Toho and back to the Heisei Kaiju versus series back into the action with the big G once more another classic opponent uh, tune in next time for history versus Godzilla versus Mothra bom, 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 bom. <laughs> <laughs>